episode of Drop the Mic. I'm your host, Darren Jenkins. And joining me on today's show, film director Ian Hunt Duffy. Um, thank you for being on the show today, man. No, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Uh, I So, me, we have a lot to talk about because I, I, I've... I, I was blessed to watch your newest thing. And I, I'm not going to say – we're going to talk about other things first, and then we'll – because I know I don't want to – there's a – I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Okay. This is, but um, I wanted to kind of start out by finding out where, where you're originally from. Uh, well, so I'm call- calling in from Dublin in Ireland. Um, I'm originally from Dundalk in Ireland, which is about an hour north of Dublin. Um, but I suppose for the purpose of this, you can just say Ireland is where I'm from, <laughs> Irish. Um, so yeah, I, this is my first feature film, and it's an Irish horror film, uh, Double This Blind. is your first feature film? Yeah, yeah, my debut feature film, yeah. So. Are you kidding? Seriously? No, yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's it. This first film. Holy sn- well, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is this makes it even more impressive, but okay. Okay. Um so, you know, I was reading your bio. Mm. And so, you know, I've I've talked to, you know, I have a fair connection to a lot of indie filmmakers and a lot of a lot of filmmakers and because um because you know, cameras and recording devices and technology has evolved so much there we have we have more than enough filmmakers who kind of just picked up a camera and started shooting but you you've actually i mean you're you're actually like i'm if i were doing this podcast 20 years ago i think you would be right you'd fit right in Mm. but most filmmakers today kind of start without even um, what you call formal background, formal education. In, 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 yeah. But you, I mean, you actually, I mean, you went to school for film. And so I guess my question is how, when did you start loving, like when did you know that you wanted to be a filmmaker and how did you go about deciding what your road was going to look like? I mean, very early on, I, I loved film and movies from a really young age. Um, and I know like my mom would tell stories about me when I was young and have like action figures and I'd be up in my bedroom, you know, little I know I was directing them, I guess. I was really, <laughs> yeah, I've done that. My films <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't, you know, it was later on before I realized that there was actually a, a career path in this. It was, I remember, uh, vividly seeing a behind the scenes on like the making of, I think it was Terminator two at the time oh. there was, there was some behind the scenes footage of how they're doing the stunts and where, and I, I was blown away. I was like, Oh, actually people do the people make movies. There, 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 there's a job <laughs> behind this. Like, so that it was early on that I was like, I, I want to do that. I want to be involved in, in the film industry, but you know, in Ireland, it's come on great leaps and bounds since then. But at the time in the small town that I'm from, to say I wanted to be a film director, I might as well have been saying I wanted to be a rock star, or an astronaut uh-huh. or something. You know, there wasn't really a film course there or, or necessarily a route to that career. But so like during school, like secondary school called here, but I guess it's like high school there uh, in yeah. America. Like, you know, I was, that's what I wanted to do when I wanted to go to, to college or university to study film. Um, and we had like a career guidance counselor who's kind of trying to, to sway me away from that, like, you know, would you not do something? 
proper job, you know. So you know, yeah. after after school, I I, kind of, I got a job, just a, a, like a part time job, and working and and tried to put a portfolio together, uh, like you know, just so I could submit uh, to to film school. And there's a film school in in Dublin in Dunleary. It's the National Film School here. Yeah. And so, Betty, I was working for a year after school and just saving up some money and then putting this portfolio together. And then I applied for film school and got in. And yeah, I went that formal training route and that was kind of my course. But I mean, throughout it, like we did have a, a camcorder, like, you know, we would, my dad would have had a camcorder for home movies. And, yep. uh, you know, if you went on holiday, we'd record it. And we, myself and my brother would use that camcorder to make short films or, you know, different like stop motion animation videos, just always experimenting and, I guess that led to it. Like we didn't have the access back then to, you know, you could shoot something on your phone. We didn't have mobile phones mm -hmm. or, you know, so, um, so yeah, I went to film school and learned the, that, the craft that way, I guess. But like, that's just my route. I mean, I, there's nothing against, I mean, right. if I was to do it now, I don't know necessarily what I go to film school or what I just, as you say, pick up a camera and learn that way, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I think, you know, Whatever gets you there, that's that's my my belief. Whatever gets you to where you want to be, regardless of whether it's through formalized schooling or you, you just decide, you know, there have been, I mean, there's, you know, obviously there's plenty of evidence that, you know, people can be what they want to be as long as they're willing to put the work in, regardless of how they do it, right? Absolutely. Um, how, so... Um, who were some of your early influences and and were were any of those influences um did, did you find a change to those influ like in who you thought was influential like pre preschool pre pre film school and you know post film school um i don't know like i uh I mean, early on, like I'm a child of the 80s, so I was kind of born and raised on, you know, James Cameron, John McTiernan films like, you know, Predator, Die Hard, yeah. Terminator. Uh, I love John Carpenter uh, films like The Thing is one of my favorites and it's a big influence on my feature film, Double Blind. So those are the kind of films that excited me, like, you know, genre films, thrillers and horrors. Um, I mean, when I was younger, I'd love, like obviously I still do, but like love Spielberg, like you know Jurassic Park and those kind of movies. Um, and then you go to film school. Uh, I don't know. Like I mean, my all-time favorite film is Terminator Two. I know I mentioned earlier. That's like I, oh my I, god! I just watched that like yesterday. <laughs> it's it's just I think it's a perfect film. Like you know I've got it's the one I go back to all the time. But you know you say that in film school and it might not be. I know I remember right. And had an anecdote about that actually that particular movie that that's why he didn't go to film school because he went in one day and i think one of the lecturers said Look, if you're here to make the next terminator 2 this isn't for you and he was like right. well, i'm out of here because terminator 2 is a great film like you know so um, yeah. but like you know you, you i suppose your taste you're exposed to different films and uh maybe more artistic films i guess or art house films or you know just are more they try to give you a history of film like you know but and um, so right. your taste as you grow with anything, whether it's music or anything, your tastes change as you get older. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I still like this feature film is still kind of harking back to the stuff that got me excited about filmmaking in the first place. And anyways, it's sort of a, a love letter to the, the kind of films that I watched when I was a kid. It's funny that you said 
the thing John Carpenter because, and I mean, I don't want to speed to that point yet because we'll get there soon enough. Yeah. I was watching, as I'm watching your film, um, I was like, I, I was making notes and I'm like, I wrote down John Carpenter and <laughs> The Shining. And I yeah. was like, man, he's got, he's got, he's got, and there are a few, there's probably a couple other films that I, that are kind of sprinkled around in, in, in this movie. But, um, you know, if you're, if, if you were doing an homage to like John, John Car- Carpenter, yeah, you, I'd say you pulled it off. I'd say you pulled it off. I know. I thank you. And, and uh, The Shining is probably my all-time favorite horror. So, and I, I know a big Stephen King fan as well. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you. I mean, they're probably shameless references. I'm wearing my references on the sleeves, you know. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad they came across, you know. So that's good. Um, how has you? How has your? You know, so let's. You after you get out of um, film school. Um, what, what, what happens next? What, where did, so like, what was your first, actually, what was your first, what was the first, um, thing that you put on camera? Wow. The very first thing I put, like, I mean, in film school or pre film school? Uh, how about pre, pre film school, then post film school? Like, I can't, the, the very first thing I put on camera, as I said, it was probably, I remember just like doing stop motion animation like that we do that and uh yeah so i also remember trying to back in the day and i hope that there's no kids listening to this but trying to uh <laughs> film santa claus we wanted to prove that santa claus came so we'd set up the camera filming on christmas eve oh, to catch. Wow. So i remember that was an early use of the camera um i think i actually i remember trying to reenact scenes from films i liked i remember desperado I, that robert rodriguez movie i, I loved mm. that at the time we tried to reenact some scenes with that me and my friends so just those kind of like projects i'm sure it's embarrassing to look back on now but uh it was just that, that's kind of what we did for fun it was like oh let's get, grab the camera and like reenact that scene from that movie we watched at the weekend um mm. then in film school i suppose like you do a lot of short films in film, like uh, different genres. Um, I can't remember what the, at the first one, I think in the first year of film school, it was a, the, the kind of topic was a chase. You have to do a chase film. So oh. film the chase um, sequence. And then, yeah, you just evolve like in, in the next year, you do like more of a drama and, and different things until eventually you have a, a graduation film. Um, and that's, you know, supposed to be kind of, used as a calling card or you know to kind of get work but to answer your question like what happened i don't even want me to go on about what happened next but it's yeah, yeah it's, well like the best thing i would say from film school and, and i know like whether or not people want to go to film school or not that's it, I, it's different over here it's not as expensive as uh, i know you, people go into huge student debt in uh, in america yeah. that's not over here so i'm not advocating for like you have to go to film school or anything but the the, the best thing that i got out of film school are the, the relationships and the collaborations um with people like so like for the cinematographer of my feature film the writer the producer they're all mm. people I've film school with and i've been working with since film school like we they would have worked in my short films and we just developed that friendship and that relationship and we have a shorthand then so it was it was great to come up together you know but, uh, mm. but that's kind of the, that was kind of my journey anyways like 
here in Ireland anyway, he has to kind of make a few short films before he can make a feature film. Shorts, I would see them as the kind of stepping stone towards making a feature, you know. And I've always so- told people that it's probably smart to do that anyway. Because I'm like, so I, I have a film festival that I do for short films. And um, a number of times uh, as I'm, you know, kind of screening or looking at films, I'll come across one or two films where clearly this short film should be, should be, or is um, a feature film. Like it should be, you know, like you can tell like immediately, like just by the, either the story structure or just the content itself. You just like, Oh, this lends itself to a feature and more than likely when I mentioned that to the filmmaker, they're like, oh yeah, well that's exactly it. This this was our proof of concept for a feature mm-hmm. that we're working on. Yeah. So I always tell people, don't be, you know, like don't like short film is is a great way to kind of decide on to kind of test whether this what you what you're thinking about doing could be made into a a feature film. Yeah, no, absolutely. But like, I mean, even apart from that, like you. You only learn by doing it in any walk of life is practice, 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 you know, so you you really learn your craft and, and cut your teeth in it with, with, a, with a short film. And it teaches you like so many skills and, you know, things that are applicable to, to longer form or feature film making. Like, you know, you still have to be as economical as possible in your storytelling. Like, you know, if a short film it forces you to be. Uh, to tell an engaging story in a, in a short amount of time. So you have to make smart and creative decisions and, and get economical in your storytelling. And that's, you know, that, that applies to, to feature filmmaking as well, you know, and short yeah. films typically don't have uh, big budgets either. Um, and, you know, in, well, in my experience, anyway, first feature films, you don't get a huge budget out of the gate either. So again, you have to get that experience of, working with like you know no money or no budget and and trying to come up with creative solutions to problems you know yeah i have another podcast called the track list and me and my co-host like uh talk about films and their soundtracks Mm. and and uh, a lot of times we will we we talk about certain things in films where um like scenes that are unnecessary and and in you know or maybe scenes that go too long or you know and i feel like though you know like short film because i come from i come from the sketch comedy and improv world and in sketch if it can't be done between three and five pages it can't be done yeah and it forces you to kind of really be like you said economical with telling the story and you know and i think having that short film like having short film or advertising commercial work music video work in your belt allows you to have that skill set kind of to or 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 a filmmaker who has um not been able to raise a lot of money when you don't you're not able to raise a lot of money forces you to do some things creatively (laughs) on your projects that you know, maybe if you had a big budget, you would take for granted. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, and sometimes like happy accidents can come out of yep. the limitations, like use your limitations to your advantage. Yep, absolutely. Um, 
what can you share some of the the bigger bigger challenges that you faced as a filmmaker and how you overcame them and on my feature film or just in just in general yeah um i don't know i mean i suppose it it's a long time <laughs> it took me like i mean i came out of film school like 2010 20 uh, sorry yeah 2009 i think and mm. and now it's like you know my first feature film's coming out now so that's a you know it's a long process, long journey to get there, you know, um, and that was like through making feature films or commercials and that kind of thing over the years. And yeah, so th- I guess it's just that thing of you have to really want it and, and stick with it. Like, you know, you have to, I don't know, that, that don't give up if you if it's something you're really passionate about. Uh, you know, mm. I just, I just had, I was kind of stubborn. I was like, no, I'm, I'm making that feature film. That's what I, I, you know, and hopefully now this is this the start of, another feature film etc you know so um, and i guess it's just i I guess i learned to be persistent that's is something i overcame um and then other challenges i don't know each shoot is different you know there's there's challenges i guess you have to be adaptable and that's something i have to i've learned you just have to be as prepared as possible but you're preparing for things to go totally wrong you know Mm. everything's inevitably something will go wrong um and I, I actually there's a filmmaker alexander payne who has a great quote um about filmmaking where he said it compares it to cooking eggs that you know <laughs> you, you always set out to make the perfect omelet but sometimes you have to make scrambled eggs and i just think that's that's filmmaking like you know you just have to roll with the punches and adapt um i know like on my short films there you know there was a short film i did called gridlock um mm. And it was like a whodunit thriller, uh, et cetera, during a traffic jam. So a little girl goes missing during a traffic jam. And uh-huh. then the, all the other drivers are suspects. And it's kind of a whodunit, who, who's behind it. Um, we had prepared, we had had our road location and we were ready to go. And I, you know, shot list and prepared everything. And then like the day before the location fell through. So all of a sudden we had to find a different location. And like our planning had to go out the window. We had to adapt. But you just you just have to roll with it, like you know. And um, we also wanted to do a we had a steady cam, and we wanted to have a more that kind of style. But then there were issues with it on the day, so we just had to go handheld, and then that became the style. But then some people, after the fact, they said, "Oh, I really like that gritty handheld style." And I was like, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> "That was never the intention, but okay, if you like it, you know, you kind of again you own your mistakes. You go, oh yeah, that's that's always the way it was supposed to be." Yeah, and, yeah. And then. Um, Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, uh, finish your thought. I'm just on, on double blind. I know we haven't got into it yet, but like, you, again, you just prepare as much as possible, but then things will just inevitably change on the day or a location won't be what you expected or will fall through. I, I, on, we only had 23 days to shoot double blind, so it was an incredibly tight wow. schedule. And everything had to be scheduled then within an inch of its life. Like it was like, okay, this is what's happening. But on day two of the shoot, like just like literally on day two, one of the actors got COVID and had to isolate for seven days. So it's like day two, the schedule was, okay, we got to figure it out. But again, wow. you just have to be creative. And luckily enough, actually, our grip on the film, our key grip at Charlie looked very similar to the actor had the same physique and the same hairstyle so we just made the decision we threw a costume on him and uh, shot over his shoulder put him in the background did anything just to kind of 
keep the show on <laughs> the show rolling, you know. So that's it. It's just you have to be adaptable, I think. So was but, so, so let's get into uh double line. Um so so was this shot during this wasn't shot during COVID, right? No, and not during COVID, but it's the, um, the, uh, over here when we were shooting it in Ireland, the kind of there were still COVID uh, uh, protocols and all yeah, COVID protocols. We had to wear masks, we had to test that kind of thing. So um, yeah, that they had that that was the rule that if you got COVID, you had to isolate for a week. So yeah, uh, luckily man, those are gone now. We can film without that. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, this comes out uh, February 9th. Is that um, correct yeah. in the cinemas? Right. So I won't, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because th- I mean, but what, while I was watching this film, I, <laughs> so I was watching it and my s- sister knocks on my door. She's like, did you say something? I said, no. She's like, oh, I heard you talking. I was like, yeah, um, talking to the screen. I'm like, I mean, I have this thing, I call it um, talking to the screen ography, um, where if you're talking to the screen, it's, it must be a good film. Like the minute they, you start talking about, girl, don't go in here. Don't go. Don't, I told, why are you going to go in here? I was, uh, there's a whole bunch of that in this right. in this movie. There's some scenes where, there's like one scene I, and I won't, I'll tell you after the call, but there's one where I was just like, Oh no, that's just messed up right there. <laughs> so that's just messed up. Um, hey, I'm glad, glad to hear I got such a, uh, you know, a reaction, a physical reaction from me. That's brilliant. Yeah. It was, I was sitting here talking to myself the whole time. It was crazy. And um, so how did you, how do you, how do you go about, coming up with the um, idea for your projects and, and especially this one, like this, um, like, I mean, yeah, just how, how do you, how do you, how do you go about coming up with this, this idea? Well, so it's um, the writer, uh, Derek McGarrigal, uh, came up with the idea, but again, as I said, we've worked together. We knew each other in film school and he wrote my previous short films. So we have, very similar sensibilities and um, we both love high concept horror films and thrillers like i i i'm a sucker for a good hook like you know uh, and i love horror films where there's like a, a rule that the characters can't break like for example uh you remember the film ring where it was like yeah. don't watch the videotape <laughs> uh, like a quiet place don't make a sound you know these kind of these hooks that are real quick to like the audience can latch onto them so um, Derek had the idea of don't fall asleep. If you fall asleep, you die. And I just thought that was a great in, like a great, mm. like a really catchy or memorable rule. Um, so that was a jumping off point. That was the idea. And then it was like from from that, we're like, okay, let's build out the idea from there. Um, I knew for my first feature that I wouldn't have a huge budget. So I tried to be pragmatic. And I, I remember I said to Derek, look, if we could do something that was set in one location, if it was like, self-contained that would be advantageous to us from a you know a budget and a logistical point of view because you know you're not moving around multiple locations as well right. uh, so it give you more time as well uh, to focus on 
you know, the action, the tension, the performance, but also, yeah, as a director, like it gives me more control then as well to create an atmosphere and a mood. So I kind of gave that as a parameter for Derek to work with, like, okay, you've got this, don't fall asleep. Can this work within one location? And then that's mm. jumping off point. Then he came up with, okay, maybe what if it's a drug trial? What if it's a pharmaceutical drug trial in a medical facility and it's all set in that medical facility and, and you know, this drug trial that goes wrong? So that was kind of, yeah, like that's how we approach it. It was kind of, as I said, pragmatic, like, okay, let's try and come up with something that we can do one location, relatively low budget. And then, but that would have a high concept, you know, this like, don't fall asleep. That would be a good hook or, you know, something for the audience. Well, I mean, I would say like the cinematography was fantastic. Um, the soundtrack was just creepy as fuck. <laughs> and um, and and so, but the one thing I didn't learn until after, like I, I was watching while I'm watching this, I'm like, why does this person look so familiar to me? Mm. I was like, this woman looks so familiar. I don't know what she looked. And then I looked up um, Pollyanna McIntosh. I was like, she's on The Walking Dead. Oh my god, <laughs> talk about up in the ante, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's Pollyanna's great, and she's like her, the new Walking Dead spinoff is like coming out next month as well. The the ones who lived, and she's in that. So yeah, it's great timing to have that coming out at the same time as Double Blind. But yeah, look, I'm a huge fan of Pollyanna. She's like a, a horror icon to me. Like you know, she's in some great horror films over the years, and yeah. the Walking Dead, obviously. And uh, she's also in the film I, you might not have seen. It was like an English film called Exam, which was hmm. it was another kind of self-contained horror film like was all is all in one room really so that was that acted, that was actually an influencer that was definitely a, a reference or a touch point for myself and dark when we were talking about these kind of films little did we know that pollyanna would then star in our film you know so wow. uh, and your and your your mate your leading lady millie hmm. brady yeah was so good in this movie yeah, she's, she's fantastic um how did so how did you guys end up like how how did this how did the casting work for this because the like your whole your cast was fantastic at akshay kumar he was fantastic in this as well yeah um, how how did you guys end up finding all these people so we had a casting director brilliant casting director come on board called amy rowan and uh she just worked with us for like, I mean, it was a long process, uh, like months and months, just trying, like just sending on different options or, you know, because, it, because it's an ensemble piece, you're kind of, you, you know, you have to cast the ensemble as such, you know, you, you can cast individual characters, then you have to then pair them off each other and how do they look beside each other and how do they work right. together as a, a group. Um, but yeah, no, we, like we, we started with the character of Claire, the, the main character, um, we refocused on trying to get her first and, uh, that was a long process, but I, once Millie was suggesting, I saw Millie's like in the Last Kingdom, a Netflix show. And oh yeah, right. I'd seen her work in that, and yeah, I just that that was I met with Millie, and we just had a really long but great conversation about the script and the character. She's really excited about the material, and and like it's a really physical role, uh, like a yeah. player. Like, we put her 
we put her through a lot of shit <laughs> in the film, you know? So, uh, both emotionally, physically, the whole thing, you know? So, um, Millie was really excited about it and wanted to get stuck into it. And, you know, there's a lot of stunt work and choreography as well. So that really excited her. So once we had Millie on board, then we were able to build the rest of the, the cast out from her. And yeah, it was just, again, it was all Amy. Our casting director would come to me with suggestions of different actors and we'd meet them or audition them and, yeah, you just like, build a piece by piece like that. I can tell you straight out, like so. When I was in college, um, to to make ends meet, me and my roommate would do medical trials. Oh, really? And okay. Yeah. So this hit home very much so because we used to say, you know, we we would go to because it would be like these three and four day um, trials. And we yeah. we would joke and like you know they could disappear us and no one would ever know right <laughs> like because he's like did you tell your parents I said no you tell yours I'm like no I'm like so yeah. we just two brothers up in here gonna disappear <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds that sounds like the same world as Double Blind like you know the yeah the I was like shady pharmaceutical company that's why I was sitting there just like mm-mm, mm-mm, this is this is. Mm-mm. Um, did you have to the, test that like crazy like or like any yeah I mean like like I said you guys got it pretty spot on as far as yeah. like like I, re- I can remember them changing some of the r- rules to the program as we're there uh, being being you know studied I think okay. one was for a heart medicine and one was uh, might have been a high blood pressure medicine or something. Okay. And uh, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be changing your dosage." I was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. "Any side effects or anything?" Cra- uh, you know. Uh, no. it, um, it made you one made you pee a lot for sure. Okay. It was like every five minutes, man. And then the other one, I don't know. I think we might have been in a placebo group because we didn't get anything. But other people used to were talking about they were getting migraines. Okay, um, well, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Be the placebo group getting paid to do to to take. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the, so this will hit home to a, a bunch of people. Trust me. Okay, okay, that's um, good. That's good to know that we we. We're accurate. I mean, obviously, it's a very, very heightened version of it, but it's good to know that we got some things right. That's cool. What were what were some of the challenges while making this? Uh, so, as I said, time was probably the main override one, just twenty three days, uh, which yeah, that's pretty short for a feature yeah, film. Yeah. yeah, it was tough, and uh, so we were constantly chasing our tails a little bit, like trying to make our day. So it was just, yeah, that was just kind of just to keep that energy up. And, and again, you're trying to problem solve in the shoot. Okay. We don't have time to do that as we originally planned. Is there a, instead of like three shots, can we do it in one or, you know, could right. the scene where there's a, a monologue by this character, can we do that in less dialogue? Can we do it with a look <laughs> or, you know, just, you're trying to just figure things out like that, you know? And right. I'm trying to think of that. I mean, one the, of the, the space that you did, the, the, the place where you were shooting, yeah. was that a hospital? Because I was like, the hallways are really long. No, no. It's, so it's uh, it's like an industrial building. Uh, it's, so it's in Limerick, which is kind of south of Ireland. Um, 
you know, ideally, if this was a bigger budget thing, we would this would be just a set you would build. Yeah. You know, yeah. If so, you'd have full control and you design and build it. And um, but we didn't have that kind of money, so we knew we had to find somewhere that already existed that we could then kind of have the run of, you know. So we went looking all over Ireland. It took a good while to find because it's quite a specific location that we were looking for. Um, right. And then in Limerick, they just, they, the film, there's kind of each county in Ireland has a film office and the film office in Limerick told us about this building that they, they owned really that, um, hmm. that they, but that uh, it was set up for businesses to move in, but because of COVID at the time they hadn't, they had a lot of empty space. So all the corridors were there. I mean, they're not as long as that. Like we've manipulated that in post to make them longer but the corridors were there the common room uh, space was there and there were a lot of little offshoot rooms that we were able to then build smaller room like smaller sets in like the dorm room or the mri machine or things like yeah. that yeah so in a way it was a, it ended up being like a studio because we kind of had the run of the place you know we were able to decorate it and paint it and and then for there's a university down there as well um so they actually had a lab you know, a biology lab that we were able to use. So that, so the uh, scenes were in the lab and then the scenes where they get the dose, like where they get the, the med medicine, that's like a physiotherapy room in the college. So we we're able to also use some practical locations nearby. Like, you know, so yeah, it was, it was great that we were able to find all these things uh, down there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, like I said, the, the set design um, was just great. I mean, there's that one room, that, that big room where they kind of aggregate most of the time when yeah, the uh, they're playing room. chess. Yeah. With, with the tree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, the tree was a nice touch because it's creepy as fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you don't expect a tree, like, I mean, if you, I mean, just thinking of the psychology of the people who are running a study with the mindset to have a tree in the common area as yeah. if to kind of like humanize it per se. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. That but, was it. It, the artificiality of it, like that it's, they're in this windowless basement. There's no art, natural light or, you know, no, yeah. it's the only kind of link to nature. This like random tree there, like, you know, real kind of a token tree to go, Oh, look, there's a bit of nature, but it's, it's fake. Then it stands out as, as, yeah, it's artificial. So, what are you? Uh, what's um, you know, like, so you've done this. Is there a project that you are hoping that you will get to do at some point with a bigger budget? Is it a? Is it a sequel? Is it a, a triple blind? Uh, no, uh, no, no, <laughs> no. We don't. I don't have a sequel in mind for a double blind, but um. We do have our next feature film in development. Again, it's the same team, uh, Dark, oh, cool. the screenwriter, Simon, the producer. So it's a, it's a project called Sway, and it's another horror film, but it's on a, hopefully on a bigger scale. Yeah, so same, kind of using Double Blind as a, like, this is the kind of world we want to play in, like, you know, horror, thriller. But, yeah, give us more money, please, and we'll make it on a bigger <laughs> He's <laughs> like, more money, please. This yeah. work, look at, look at, look at. This is good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there, are there, are there actors that you like? If you could, you know, snap your fingers and just have any actors to kind of play with in your next 
Is there somebody you would go, I like wouldn't a- mind. Who's that? Oh, I don't know. I, it's a tough. I mean, there's so many great actors. Like, uh, I don't want to like. Uh, oh, true, I, true. I, I see I where you're going. Really, but no, I mean, I mean, look, like even the cast in this. I know they're like a lot of up and coming actors, but they're great. I love to work with them again as well. I think Millie's fantastic, as I said, and actually, yeah. like, um, they all like across the board. I was really blessed with the cast. Like, the, I think everyone gives a really unique performance, and uh, yeah, they're really in like that's the thing, like they're an ensemble, but everyone's really individual in it. Like they all have their own tics or personality. And um, so, yeah, no, yep, I mean, it makes yep. me look good as a director, like that they're, they're <laughs> everyone gives such a unique performance in the film. What's something that you, as a filmmaker, are constantly trying to approve upon? My, uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess... It's probably just the execution of the the idea. Like, so you have to have a really clear vision in your head as a director. Right. I mean, the job of a director, I think, anyway, is it's all about communication. At the end of the day, to, yep. to have to have a strong idea, a strong vision for this film in your head, and then to be able to clearly communicate that communicate that to your cast and crew, but also communicate it to the audience and how you tell the story. So it's, I guess it's just trying to get the thing that the end product as close as possible to what I had in my head, you know? So Mm. there's lots of things in double blind are totally different than how I envisioned it. And that's just, I think it goes back to that scrambled eggs analogy. You know, I had the omelet in my mind and it's scrambled eggs at the end of the day, but, (laughs) but, but, you know, I guess, it's a kind of a two-sided thing. It's like trying to get things, you know, more perfect or whatever, or closer to the vision, but also being able to to stand back and go, well, look, nobody really knows what you had in your mind. It's just, they only have the finished film to judge. So there's a little bit of that acceptance, I guess. So I don't know if that answered your question. I might be rambling. Yeah. Sure. No, I mean, I, I always imagine, you know, like me and what, you know, when people watch films, I hope they understand the challenge that lies ahead for the director and to some extent the producer. But the director, I would say, is probably most closer to this, which is you, you you're you've got a there's an eye. There's this thing that you're trying to put up on the screen and there's a lot of moving pieces to kind of orchestrate and um and to your point shit happens out of your control all the t- like if you think it's never going to happen to you it's going to happen even worse yeah. there's, there's at I, least one one thing that's going to throw you off for sure true. yeah and if you so for you to be able to kind of orchestrate all these people while over here you know, trying to decipher the script and then over here trying to um, put out fires. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I think that's the value of having a good team that you are familiar with mm. that kind of shortens up at least because they, they get what you're trying to do. So you don't have to spend a lot of time trying to, you know, just, you know, and, get them to interpret that anymore. You can no, spend time over here and over here. 
Yeah. And that's it. You give it's all about your, your team. Like, I mean, it, it takes a village to make a film. And I, I think you just have to surround yourself with as talented and, you know, people as possible with good attitudes, no assholes, you know, it's simple as yes. that. Yeah, um, no assholes. And you want it. Like, I know I'm not trying to say, oh, it's my vision. I'm trying, but like, I don't really aspire to that a film by, you know, auteur. Like, because right. it takes so many people to make film. I'm like, you're looking for people, I am anyway, that are going to give you ideas or make suggestions and have a creative input into this. Like, you have, might have a strong idea, but the hope would be that they're going to strengthen that idea or make it better or give you a better idea. Like the best idea wins, really. It should yeah. be the best idea wins, whether it comes from someone else or, you know, and you need to yeah. be open and accept that and, and, and recognize, okay, that's not how, like, you know, an actor might come in and I have a really clear idea in my head of how I want the scene to go and they might do something completely different, but it's better. And then you'd have to put your ego aside and go, okay, that's that's better. That's what we're going to go for, or, you know. Um, yeah. Wherever a good idea comes from, I, I try to, you try to grab it. So what's funny is, um, I was, um, mean of so on my other show, we're we were we're trying to talk about doing uh, Beverly Beverly Hills Cop, and hmm. we found out like I didn't know until like recently that Beverly Hills Cop originally was going to be Sylvester Stallone. And yeah, I only heard this recently as well, randomly enough. But go on, yeah, yeah. I, and I just like, and and so the the film that his his the film that he ended up doing, which was supposed to be Bell Hills Cop, was Cobra. Yeah. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, how? What? But it just goes to show you that what you think is going to happen when you're starting this project may not be when it, what it ends up being at the end of that project. And so many things can change. So mm. many things can change and, and um, some you can, you can control, but most of a lot of them you can't, and you just have to kind of, you know, lean on your team. You yeah. know, you guys will get through it and just make it happen like, as best you can get. And some of the best, some of the best things that ever happened to film were things that weren't even planned. They were just suggestions by actors who are one of the cast members or, you know, one yeah. of the, a, a janitor, you know, well, so. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, there's always happy accents and I suppose you have to. Yeah, you just want to be open to that. Like, you need to, you don't want to be too rigid. Like, again, go in with a, a solid plan or a blueprint for what you hope to achieve, but don't right. be so rigid that if something else presents itself, a, be, a different idea, or, you know, something, as you said, a, a happy mistake or whatever. Like, I think that's, yeah, you just have to try and yeah, just accept that. Like, you know, what was, uh, what's some of the best advice that you've ever been given? Um, and by who? Wow. Uh, in terms of filmmaking, I am, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think who would like give me some advice recently. Um, sorry, it's gonna be dead space here. <laughs> gave me the advice, but I remember a filmmaker. It was someone who came into our, 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 when I was in film school, I think they came in to give a, a talk um, and it was just, I mean, it sounds very kind of basic, but it was like, you know, try and make work for you first. 
Like you're the mm. audience. Don't try and don't try and guess what the audience wants or oh this will be this kind of film. So like you you have to be the first audience member. So you need to like find a story that gets you excited because film, you know, it takes years to make a film and you're, it has mm. to be something to get you out of bed in the morning, you know. But ultimately, like if you're not excited about it, you're not going to stick true with it. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that's something I would try to say to filmmakers is like, you know, <clears throat> sorry, uh, go and find stories that you really want to see that you would pay money to see. Like that's, that, that's the kind of film that I, I want to, I'm the, the first audience member for. And then just satisfy that first um, before you try and consider the, the, the larger audience, I guess, you know? Um, mm. And that's kind of, what we did with myself and Derek when we came out of film school, like gridlock, it was, there wasn't much, I, I hadn't seen it anyway in, in the, on the short film circuit in Ireland, there wasn't more, many, there weren't many thrillers or genre shorts. So mm. I, I kind of, I'd seen so many, I'd gone to film festivals and I'd been sitting in like a program of 10 or 12 shorts back to back and they'd be, you know, very weighty issues like, you know, suicide or addiction or death. And, you know, and I was, I remember thinking like, God, I'd love a little bit, you know, break in between something entertaining in here, you know, like, so we, you know, gridlock was sort of our uh, response. I was like, let's make a, it's like a twilight zone episode. You know, it's a, it's this 20 minute mystery that you know it has a, a question and and a twist and all that you know can we create that kind of suspense and tension in 20 minutes and that's what we set off to do and then it actually we didn't expect it to be a festival film as such we thought it was more you know this genre thing but it, it did really well for us it, it won a lot of awards we traveled to lots of festivals with it and that was the kind of starting point then for us that we could use that then to make the next short and the next and then we got to make double blind or feature um mm. And that all just started with, yeah, let's admit, let's make a film what we want to see, like whatever. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is all. Yeah. Yeah. They always, I mean, there's always, people always, I think sometimes people say this with kind of like um, a flightiness to it, but it's real, I think is real. And they're like, you should always try to do something that you love. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I think when, when you're doing something you love, um, good things tend to happen. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, if, if for some reason, it, you know, it, it doesn't work out, you at least were doing something you enjoyed doing, you know what exactly. I mean? So, um, I think that's, I kind of try to lean into that. I won't, I mean, there are plenty, I'm sure there are plenty of film projects that I could probably find for more money or, or, you know, but if it, if I don't really enjoy the subject or this or the process or, you know, something about it, yeah, then I don't know. I mean, is it worth it? I mean, is it really worth it? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I that's yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to love it. Um, because like, yeah, I, I look at money is great. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I think you just need to, you need to have the passion for it at the end of yeah. the day. Especially since it's not easy, you know what I mean. Like this, you know, it's not. It's not a. It's not mm -hmm. easy. I've I've been on sets, you know, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen hours straight, you know, and you know, you don't do that if you don't love it. 
No, so, that's it. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a long process, and there are going to be times where you're pissed off or frustrated or, you know, stressed. And uh, I think you just need to have. If it's not something that you're got a, you've got a burning desire to tell this story. Like this is, oh no, this is the the only film I want to make right now. And I'm the only person that can tell this film. You have to kind of have that attitude as well. Mm, that's, and, that's actually good. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's another bit of advice. I suppose, like, find uh, th- this is an uh, advice from I didn't get it personally, but it's from Sam Mendes, the director. Um, he said that he always tries to have a, a personal in to the material uh, that only it's it's personal only to him, you know. So oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So it doesn't like it's just something for him. Like, okay, this is a film to me about my childhood, or this is a film about my marriage or this is you know something that not necessarily evidence to the, but it's like that's his way of approaching it and I, so i try to try to have some sort of personal in when i you know to a story like you know link it to my own experience somehow and you know you don't have to necessarily share that with actors or anything it's just as long as you have it as a kind of a, a bedrock or something to, to build upon <clears throat> is directing um is is directing your sole interest behind or like is have you uh, is writing or you know something yes, else i I've, I've produced a few things but no directing would be my that's the the number one but i have produced and uh mm-hmm. i wouldn't consider myself a writer i i but like with Derek, i you know i would you know have input into the script mm-hmm. we've worked together closely i have i i'm i i'm, I'm sort of i'm good at coming up with ideas but i i We'll let someone else write them, but I am I am trying to write and develop in different things as well. But number one would be directing. That would be the, mm. the goal. Yeah. Where where uh, you know where would you like to see yourself in five years from now? Um, that's a good question. I, I hopefully would like two more feature films under my belt, at least one more. Um, I'd love to direct TV as well. Um, I was going to ask you about that. I was whether yeah. you would do some because I think you your style really would fit television really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I'd love. I mean, TV is sort of still where it's at, really, isn't it? Like in like in terms of, um, I guess budgets and stuff, but also like longer form stories, you can really dig into a style and create a show. Like then, yeah, it's just. All right. There's so many good shows and John. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you an idea. Go here. for it. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen the TV show Fringe. I I I haven't, but I know I know about it well. Yeah. J.J. Abrams um, was on this for most, but I feel like I'm like someone should bring that back. Somebody needs to bring, and you'd only be bringing it back for me probably because I <laughs> I love the show, but. <laughs> but I started recently watching it. Re- so I rewatched all of the season, but I also started rewatching the X Files. And I was like, and then I'm like, I'm on TikTok and people are talking about alien abductions and mm. government conspiracies and stuff. I'm like, so it's the interest is still there, man. Come on. <laughs> A new version of that. Yeah, absolutely. So bring back Fringe or bring back X Files or, or just create oh. something. Or or bring or create something new, you know, yeah. something that that feeds both audiences, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because um, uh, 
this this I'm sorry this move this this movie of yours, man. That also got me thinking about. I was like, yeah, I could see this. I could see this happening in real life, like something crazy like this. Um, might we might and I felt like. I felt like there was a sequel kind of calling to me on this. I don't know what it would oh, be. Yeah, we like we've definitely yeah. Look, we've left the door open. Let's say without spoiling it too much. Um, and I, you know, we there are no immediate plans though. But I mean, if right. we, we wouldn't, we haven't shut the door in it. Let's say so. Uh, yeah, oh, your leading lady definitely. She was so good. I, I mean, um, I love I love the casting, the, the soundtrack, the cinematography, the directing, the. Sc- the screenplay was fantastic. I mean, there was, there's a, it was, and it was in a, I actually looked at the time. I was like 90 minutes. That's what really? I was like, okay, that's, that's, I'm, I'm a big fan of tight. Of, yeah. Like, oh yeah. But 90 minutes on the button. That was a, that was, <laughs> I was like, I want it 90 minutes. I want to be in the Netflix section where there's a 90 minute movie category. My, my wife and I like, she's very much, the first question she will ask is, how long is it? If I'm suggesting a film, you know, how long is it? Yeah. And if it's, oh, it's two and a half hours, I forget it. You know, so 90 minute section is the is the winner. So I, I really wanted to make a 90 minute film. Yeah, there's a movie on Netflix and I won't say which one, but um, my friend and me were talking about it yesterday and he's like, oh, have you seen it? I said, I, I can't see it just yet because it's almost three hours, dude. I'm like, I, I got to prepare for that. I got to work up, work out, and do weights, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I just want to sit down sometime and just have a good movie. Not, you know, sub, sub two, you know, sub three hours. Yeah. You know, three hours to me is special occasion. Mm. This, yours was perfect. Perfect. Just, just perfect. You know, actually, when it's out, and hopefully it's out where I can take my my sister loves your your this genre. She's gonna so when when it's out, I'm like, hey, you know, we should go see it. Check this movie out. She'd be like, oh, okay. She <laughs> this is her thing. So okay, great. yeah, I'll spread the word. Get people to go see it, and and then it'll be on like uh, demand, video demand as well. So yeah. Go, I'll go, go see it anyway. If it's in the theater, I'll see it. If it's because this is this to me, to be honest, this to me feels like one of those movies you have to you have that watching on a big screen will just give you a like a more um, immersive experience to it. Yeah, I think I particularly I would agree. I definitely with the sound. I know you touched on it, right the sound design and the score, the score yeah. by D. Hexen and the sound design by Brandon Rahel. I think. Yeah, play it as loud as you can. Really, you know, I, I really think it's it's really immersive, as you said. And, and there's a few of your camera angles that really scream out, be on a big screen as well. Like I, yeah, there's a couple of where I'm just like, yeah, and this is on a big screen. That's that's dope. <laughs> so oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate. It. I'm I'm so glad you got to see it and you you enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, so, um, where can People keep up with what you're doing, or follow, or learn. Yeah, uh, I suppose my my social media. I guess uh, I have my website. Uh, it's ianhuntduffy.com, and then on that you'll get like links to my Instagram and um, Twitter, that kind of thing. And then Double Blind, if you look for like Double Blind Film on Instagram, and there's a couple of different handles on 
on Twitter X or whatever people are calling it these days. Oh, and, God. Uh, that kind of thing. And yeah, so just. Oh, one more question for you, real quick. Yeah. What's. I always ask people this at the end of the show because I'm cool. curious what they'll say. Um, what's what's a question you, you wish more people would ask you more often about the film or, or like a, yeah, it could be about the film or yeah. I don't know. Um, God, that's a good, I, what do people usually say for that? That's a good question. That's a tough uh, one. I've had people um, do more like personal stuff. Like, Oh, I wish they asked me more about my, you know, how I got started or what, I'm like, yeah, I just answered you that question. <laughs> Yeah. No, I know. I think you covered a lot of it. Like, um, no, I, I don't, I'm not craving more questions. Like, Oh, I wish you had asked me more about my personal life or anything like that. No, I think and, it's, I think, um, the people who like really have had like something to say about it has mostly been, um, maybe, maybe actors mm. because I think, you know, and to be true, like some actors, there are a lot of actors who I find brilliant, but people don't get to see as much because maybe they're doing more. Um, they're doing like different, different content than what they would like to be doing, I guess, or, yeah. you know, something to that extent. So, mm. but, oh, no, or I, I, they want to give more credit to their team. Get me, on, get me on here again. I'll have a better answer for you right now. I don't have <laughs> Well, when you start winning all the awards and stuff, you can come yeah. back here and, and, and when your next film Absolutely. is ready to, to roll too. Because no, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm, I'm now I'm really, cause this being your first, to be honest, I'm like, dude, if this is your first feature, man, you have a huge, huge career ahead of you, man. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Well, like fingers crossed and uh, thanks so much for for saying that, for watching it, and yeah, for for getting me on the show, it was it was great to be here. Appreciate it, and um, you know, tell your team to keep crushing because they they're doing a fantastic job. Okay. And you tell too. your producer, great work, because I'm you know I'm sure they were instrumental in trying to get you funding for no, make this, making this happen. Producers like yeah, I couldn't have done it without him. So yeah, appreciate your being on the show today. Um, thanks everybody this um, was another episode of Drop the Mic I'm Darren Jenkins make sure to follow me on the on Instagram and social media everywhere the Darren Jenkins um, and Ian thank you so much I appreciate you taking the time and I was going to say for being from from Ireland this was the clear I had a, I had a call with somebody from New York and their, their picture was terrible um, I don't know, like, so maybe I need to be on calls with people from Ireland. Yeah, I know, the Irish Wi-Fi, it's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Uh, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, yeah. Stay safe, everyone. We'll, we'll talk to you on the next episode.